five, four, three, two, one. I don't even know what's happening. Put it in sport mode, and you're going to fly. And just exactly how awesome was it? The mighty, mighty Nissan GTR. You've got the Mustang, the Camaro, the Challenger, the Corvette, the Viper. America. Damn, I forgot the bananas. I love this. Boom! And with that crash, it means it is officially time to start the TopSpeed.com podcast. Hello, everyone. Happy Thursday. We're doing it live. Um, doing it live. Yes. Oh, uh, does one of you two have the YouTube window open by chance? I We're professionals, not. I promise. Uh, <laughs> nah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if one of you two could run to youtube.com slash Moford and pull open our live window so we can see all of our chatters. Yeah, I got it. I'm on it right now. So, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Again, we are doing this live. We're actually doing it on Thursday. Um, I'm back from the gumball. I've got my little gumball shirt. Gumball 3000! Um, yeah, so I'm I'm back. We're all on mostly normal schedules. I'm still slightly unconscious, but uh, otherwise we are we are good to go. Um, like always, I'm joined today by our editor-in-chief, Mr. Justin Coupler. Justin, say hello. Hello, everybody. Sorry I missed you guys last week, but I am back, and I am ready, and I uh, have a car to talk about this time. Yay! <laughs> All right. Also joining us is apparently the slightly weird cousin of Chuck Norris, Mr. Parker. <laughs> Mark, say hi. Slightly weird? What do you mean? I am Chuck Norris. Look at this. You are not Chuck Norris. You're a slightly weird cousin. Chuck Norris wishes he could be me. Uh, no, I'm good. Nap of a metal can. Mm. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we're going. We're going to kick things off. We're going to start with the weekly wheels. We're going to start with Justin, who was supposed to talk about a BMW last week and didn't because he ran off and left us. So let's do Justin. Talk to us about the BMW 435. Yeah, actually, well, I got two cars in one shot here. Uh, I went to do a nice little BMW drive where they gave us a shot at the BMW 435i M Sport and the Audi S5. I won't go too far into the Audi S5 because Mark's already covered that one. And I'll just say I wholeheartedly agree with everything Mark said, except a couple little things. But um, but the 435 is um, a pretty unique kind of car. It's, it's nice and comfortable, but um, it's really not much of a city driver. Um, it'd be awesome on a racetrack. Um, but in the city, it just feels like I'm, I'm missing something. Um, the cabin's a little bit blah. It has that whole black package, so it's all blacked out, with the exception of the center console has a little bit of a silver accent. Um, so it's kind of bland on the inside. Um, but what I really liked about it is, of course, that 3.0 liter inline six uh, twin power turbo. Oh, that engine is awesome. It's a great engine, but they really need a better name for that damn thing. Uh, well, I mean, what, twin power turbo? You don't like that? No, I hate that. Although I hate most of BMW's names lately. Like, if I want to go buy a Z4, I can't. 
I get the Z4, or sorry, I get the Z35 iSport X Drive, <laughs> extra boost, twin power, turbo, <laughs> rear wheel drive, awesome coupe. Like, like that's the freaking name. They're slapping on some of this stuff. I'm like, no, no look, it's your 3 V6. I get it. Okay? Why not well, go back to the old? Well, because, like, it used to be you got an N55. That was the engine in your car. It wasn't a 3-liter BMW twin power turbo. Well, they gotta have some marketing in there. They gotta give their own little own little touch to it, and then they gotta confuse everybody by saying twin power turbo. You know how often I get irritated when people say, "Oh, it's a twin turbo." No, it's not twin power. Twin power. No, see, that's what makes it annoying. Is some of the engines do have two turbos. I know a few of them. But they all use the twin power name. Yeah, because it's a twin scroll. That's all that means. It's like, wait a minute, that's not twin turbo. It's twin power. But um, and what's really cool about this thing, though, um, the part that I kind of disagree with Mark on, it's not that the S5's transmission isn't awesome. It's a badass dual clutch, but the Steptronic eight-speed in this 435i. It is about as darn close to a dual clutch as you can get. Um, and then the exhaust note you get every time you shift the gears, you get a nice little gurgle on the back end. Um, and what's cool with the Steptronic is, you know, as you guys know, but the, the listeners may not, what Steptronic means is you can actually skip a gear. You don't have to exactly go sequential up and down. You don't have to always go one, two, three. You can go one, three, five, five, three, or whatever. Um, so it's really good for uh, for quick acceleration. And when you get to highway speed, you slap the, the paddles two times, you're in eighth gear, and you're cruising. Um, but my biggest issue was in a city, it's it's just not very comfortable. The leather is very sticky, very hot, especially with the black. Um, and again, just very, very, very bland. And the massive uh, um, navigation screen they have, it's a really nice size. It looks like about a half of an iPad cut. Um, but it's very dim, and there's I couldn't find any adjustment. Um, there may be, but I didn't have enough time with the car to really go in and start messing with the settings. But it's very, very dim. Um, now, I gave the win to the Audi S5, um, but I have to say this. If I had a chance on a track, I'm sure the 435i would kick its ass up and down the racetrack all day, every day. Well, likely, yeah, because the, the Audi's got that engine so far forward. But like we talked about when I drove it. Um, understeer was a major problem with uh, with that sort of thing. So I mean, yeah, you're you're right. The BMW probably would win on a track, pretty yeah. much hands down. And also the other thing I noticed is a sport mode on a 435i does a whole hell of a lot more than a sport mode on the Audi S5. It's it's a night and day difference between the two. Yeah. Well, okay, so and this might have a lot to do with just the areas we live in and the kind of driving we do. Um, I could almost guarantee, hands down, I would prefer the BMW to the Audi, mm-hmm. even if it's slightly less comfortable. Um, but most of my driving is done on back roads. There's not yeah. a lot of highway cruising and stuff like that. I don't do a lot of city. I don't do a lot of stop and go. And every single BMW I've ever been in, they're the only cars I've ever been in that really get this feeling perfect. Like, Porsches are good to drive. The Cayman I drove, still, again, is my favorite car. But when you sit in a BMW... So we're going to call it a point of inertia, sort of. When you're in a big, heavy front-wheel drive car and you turn the wheel, when you feel the pull of gravity to the side, you kind of feel it in front of you. Like It feels like the steering wheel is kind of trying to pull away from you. When you're in a car that's really rearward biased, like uh, my uh, 944 Porsche I've got is like that, and it's what the 911 will be like. When you pull, you feel that weight sort of behind you. It feels like the back of the car is trying to leave you. Every BMW I've been in feels like the car pivots around your hip. Mm -hmm. The steering wheel isn't pulling away from you. The back of the seat isn't pulling away from you. You 
are just on this turning point. And it's, I don't know, like, it's it's a cool feeling when you can go back-to-back from cars, like, go from something like an Audi to something like a big Mustang even, because even though it's nose-heavy because of the way the rearward bias is on that drivetrain, like, it sort of wants to swing you out a little bit. And then, yeah, the BMW just, like, dances. Um, so comfort is not important to me so much because on the roads I'm on, doesn't matter which car you're in, you're either going to be comfortable or you're going to be not because all the roads are perfect or terrible. Um, there is no middle middle ground, and so I'd rather have something that was a little nicer to drive. Yeah, the unfortunate thing on my drive is it was pretty much all stop and go. I hit 60 a few times, um, and that was really quick hits the 60 and then slow right down before I get nailed by the cops. <laughs> so I, I I want them to give me a chance on a track because on a track I think it'd be complete night and day difference. Well, you hear that, BMW? Apparently there are two guys here who think Audi might be the winner, and I'm not so sure. So you should take us all to a racetrack with a couple of M4s, I think, and we will decide. Yes. I agree. I think that's that's the only fair thing that we can do as good journalists is to, you know, make sure that we give the fair fight. So. Yeah, fair and unbalanced. <clears throat> or fair and unbiased. Unbalanced. <laughs> all right. So, so listeners, um, I want you all to get on your little Twitters and, like, hit BMW up and be like, BMW, you need to do this. Do it now. <laughs> yeah. Is it, uh, so, again, is either one of us watching the YouTube feed? Yeah, I have YouTube feed up, and we are still good. Okay. Uh, well, occasionally you might have to hit refresh because sometimes the questions hang, but just look for the questions over on the left side because we want to answer people's questions as we get them. Okay. I am not seeing any questions, to be perfectly honest. I'm not seeing a place for the questions to go. They're on the right side of the window, not underneath the window. But uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to move on. While, while <laughs> oh, Justin's I see it now. <laughs> If you want to, just type hi and welcome. <laughs> but we're going to move on with uh, Mark, who is driving something far far less exciting. Uh, Mark was in a Toyota Avalon. Woo! Far less exciting. Woo, yeah, you're right. Well, um, okay, so this car reminded me a lot. I, I mean a lot of that Lexus ES350 I drove uh, a couple weeks back. Well, How surprising! I know, maybe it's based on the same platform. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really... Um, a very similar car, of course, exterior and interior completely different. Um, but at the same time, it it just there were certain things about it that really reminded you of the other car. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. The seats in this car were better than the ES350, although they were not as good as some of the other cars I've been in the, in the recent past. But uh, my my general synopsis for this car, it, it took a while to form, and I think I had to figure out again what this car was designed for. And I think it's the the guy that wants the ES350 but doesn't want to pay for it. So he, he buys the less expensive Avalon. And so it's it's that good, the guy who's I, intelligent. Correct. With a good business sense. <laughs> um, and doesn't need the name badge. But, yeah, I mean, it's... The car is is great for highway cruising. You know, just put the, put the cruise control on. It's got the uh, uh, radar cruise control so you can just you don't have to mind the pedals or anything like that. Uh, it just cruise. I mean, is it a good radar cruise control? I was just gonna ask that question. Yeah, I I didn't really have any complaints about it. I could control. It had three different settings for the distance between yourself and the car in front of you. Um, all How the time. How many of those systems have you fiddled with before in the past? About five total, five okay. or six, something like that. So I mean, some some are better than others, but yeah, I mean, this one worked pretty well. 
Well, some um, of them are really, really bad. Yeah, I experienced a really, really bad one just here recently. <laughs> well, this one wasn't too terrible. Um, another really um, cool. Well, wait, because I, I, I have to tell the story because now, now I'm, that I'm thinking about it, a Subaru Legacy almost tried to kill me. Oh, well, <laughs> I've yeah. had really, I've had really good luck with a Subaru Legacy. In fact, I've got one sitting in the driveway right now, and uh, well, it, does yeah, it have it the eyesight cameras? Yeah. The, <laughs> It uses, yeah. <laughs> wow, I'm so glad we're on video. Right. Well, it's like it it uses the cameras to sense things. Yes. And I'm not sure why it saw that this was a car, but I was driving down the highway just past my house, 55 miles an hour. I've got the cruise set, and uh, there's a lot of big turkey vultures in the area, and a turkey vulture comes swooping down in front of the road. And the car sees that and thinks it's a car with nobody and slams on the brakes. Like, tight against the seatbelt, afraid the airbag is going to punch out and hit me in the face, slams on the brakes for about a second and a half as this bird kind of just flies in front of the car. <laughs> okay, wow, that was terrible. If it was a laser system, it wouldn't have done that because those are mounted lower and look for cars, but because the camera uses the actual sight thing, it suddenly saw something big in front of the car that I was going to hit. And so it, like, locked up all four tires for about a second and a half to bring me to a stop from hitting a bird. Wow. No, I um, I, I haven't had that much issue with this one. But <laughs> Go smart cruise control. I know, right? Uh, well, as far as the Avalon, though, it did have the radar uh, cruise with, you know, with the actual radar right. instead of the eyesight or whatever. So it, it seemed to work pretty well. Um, standard Toyota throughout. I mean, the interior was good quality. Uh, fit and finish was very good. Um, had the 3.5 liter V6, no real complaints there. It had pretty good mileage. I think I got about 28 average uh, mixed city highway. Had pretty heavy foot at times too. Um, takes regular gas. That's always nice. Um, this one has a really cool feature in it that um, I think is really going to be taken kind of maybe the market by storm almost because this is kind of the first car of its kind. It had a Qi wireless charging system in the center console. So if you got your smartphone and you have the the correct base for it or like, you know, the backing for the wireless charging, you just seriously just set your phone on the center console and it starts charging. Uh, I, I thought think that was, that's the coolest thing in the universe. It was really, really clever. But um, Cadillac also has that system now, by the way, starting, I think, with the 2015 ATS and ATS Coupe. They've got that in there too. Yeah, yeah, Dodge has it in the dark too. <clears throat> yeah, it's just it's just really really clever, and I think uh, you know we're gonna see a lot more of that um, to to come too. Um, I love else? wireless charging. Yeah, it works pretty well. Um, well, I can't really say that because I didn't try it because my phone doesn't have one of those. But um, um, otherwise, interior, I really like the swoopy dash. The way that the whole thing is designed it seemed to work pretty well. I like the infotainment system. Um, one of the things I really liked about it was the color. I don't know why, but that blue color just struck me. Uh, and then that same color was in the stitching on the seats, on the leather on the center console, and uh, with a couple of the other little trim pieces throughout the cabin. I thought it was really clever that it just it just seemed to flow so well. So color. It's they do do some is. pretty solid design. I will I will give them that. Yeah. Their interior design yeah. usually looks really good. Sometimes they use cheap materials it doesn't feel that great, stuff like that. But yeah. overall, like it always looks pretty good. Yeah, it seemed to work pretty well. So no no real complaints. It's a good All car. Right, good. It's a good car. Anyway, You're what are you driving? Um I so I, I think you have the best story here though. Uh, well maybe. Um <laughs> 
I have been driving two things. Uh, as you know, I was on Gumball last last week. Um, I drove the uh, Gallardo. Uh, so the team I was attached to is called Anastasia Date. Um, they're this online dating company. Um, <laughs> they're actually it's they're one of the biggest <laughs> in the world. I found it. They're one of the biggest online dating companies in the entire world. But they entered a car in the Gumball, and they were one of the head sponsors. And the car was a Lamborghini Gallardo Spider. So I got to drive that. Um, also, because there were multiple people on this trip, and the guard only holds two, uh, we had a follow car, and that was a Mercedes Sprinter. Uh, I spent, Oh, God, I probably spent seven hours behind the wheel of that thing. <laughs> I spent a lot of time at the wheel of the now, Sprinter. Now, that's a drastic change. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Was this a diesel? Yes. Oh, even better. Top, top speed. 84 downhill. I mean, seriously, <laughs> foot floored. With just a tailwind. <laughs> both feet standing on it, and it's like 82, 83 maybe, and then downhill you could just get to 85. Wow. Both feet standing on the pedal. It was hilarious. <laughs> but um, I'm not going to talk about either of those this week too much um, because I've not done either of the pieces on those yet, and I want you guys to read up on them. Uh, but also because... Well, I want to stretch this out a little bit, and I want more time for actual gumball. Um, so the car I was driving this week was the insanity that is gumball. <laughs> if you guys have never seen Gumball 3000, like, check it out. It is weird and crazy and wonderful and frightening. Um, like, one of the teams, there's a guy there who's kind of scrawny, covered in tattoos, and I never saw him in anything but a Speedo. <laughs> And at the start line, he is on top of the car, and they do a huge burnout and launch, and he almost flies off the back. And I mean, like, crazy people. But then you get other people, like these two pair of British guys that were there in a DBS convertible that were just like, we're just here because we enjoy cars and we wanted to go on a big road trip. And it's like you have all these people coming together, and there are big stars. So Exhibit was there, and Dead Mouse was there, and, you know, Tori Belichie from the Mythbusters was there. Um, Bun B was there. Like, there's all these big stars that are big car guys that are there, and they're all congregating with these other, like, nobodies who just happen to have money or just happen to be there. You know, like, if you're wearing an armband, like, you just walk up to any of them, you're like, hey, and then instantly you are friends because you're in this in crowd. And you could just hang out with them and chat with them forever. And then there's all the cars. So there was a McLaren P P1 that was there. Um, God, there was... Four or five, I think, 12 Cs, multiple Ferraris, a couple of 458 convertibles, a couple of 458 coupes. FFs were there, F12s were there. A pair of guys brought an F40. Wow. They're making a 3,000 mile journey in an F40. Like, that is the coolest thing in the entire universe. Um, the Tumblr, the Batman Tumblr, was supposed to be there. But um, while we were on the rally, the car didn't show up. Uh, the word around the paddock was that the engine had thrown a rod before they could get it there, and they weren't going to be racing in it. But uh, Team Gallag, the team that was putting the car in the rally, uh, put out a statement saying the company that was building the car for them screwed off and screwed off and missed all their deadlines, and the car's just not freaking done. It's not safe. It's not good to drive. They just couldn't bring it. Wow. Uh, they did have a golf cart, though, that was shaped look looked like a tumbler, and the guy who was driving it had a Bane mask on. So <laughs> it was great because they lined up behind the P1. So it was like... Their uh, exhibit is there waving this big flag because he's not driving in the rally or at least in the American leg. 
So he's starting the race. They send the cars off one by one. Oh, it's, sorry, it's not a race. It's a rally. But he's there waving the flag, and the P1 comes there, revs, and it drives off. And there's a golf cart with a guy in a Bane mask just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And that's what makes a gumball fun to be at live. It's not the best thing to cover, but to go to a live, I hear, is incredible. Right. Well, and yeah. um, everybody that I talked to said the gumball would have been even better if and actually it looked like it from everything because I'm still talking to these guys on the on the European leg. Um, the American leg was a bit rough. It was two of the – well, it was the longest single leg ever in a gumball ever, and the, and the leg from Miami to Atlanta was one of the other longest legs ever. Hmm. So um, normally it's like when they got to Europe, their first day was Edinburgh, Scotland, down to the top of your test track, over to London. You're on the road total for like six and a half hours in a single day. So when you get to where you're going, it's still early. You're refreshed. They have big parties and big concerts. They shut down several blocks of London, and they just have a huge, great time. Oh, that's cool. You know, And then if you go from London to Paris, which, again, is not a very long trip, and then you have a big, huge party in Paris and lots of concerts and lots of drinking and playing and having fun and chatting with people and looking at cars, and then you go to Barcelona, which is a little longer of a drive, I think like seven and a half hours, but still, you leave early, you get there early. The New York, or sorry, the Atlanta to New York drive is almost 900 miles. Wow. Did, I mean, did you stop in between at all? Uh, there was a stopover that was supposed to be in Charlotte, but because we had one of the large groups of people, we had to stop more than anyone else to do photos because there's a couple of journalists on the trip, swap out drivers, swap out riders, do all this stuff. We were the slowest of the pack. So we left as early as we possibly could, and we skipped Charlotte because we were gonna do, they, they had to stop over at the NASCAR Hall of, Hall of Fame just so we could get there on time. And as it was, it still took us 18 hours to get from Atlanta to New York. Wow. We did hit a crap ton of traffic just outside of Washington, D.C., though. Yeah. Big so wreck. Did you, did you get to go to the uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame at all? No, we totally skipped Charlotte. So. Oh, okay, okay. I yeah. really wanted to because I've, I've never been. And I mean, I guess I could just drive over there. It's not that far from my house. I just, I've just never made it. But, um, yeah, so, like, it was this wild and crazy adventure. But, um, you know, it was long and it was kind of boring in, in spots. And, again, all these big parties and events that we're supposed to go to and enjoy – no one went to because after you've been on the road for 14, 15 hours, you get to the hotel, you're like, I'm going to eat some food, drink the free booze, and I'm going to bed. <laughs> because it's just like you don't have time for this. So like the first party, uh, once you got to Atlanta, which Miami to Atlanta is not a short drive. It's about 10 hours or so. Yeah, that's that's a good stint. Yeah. And uh, we didn't leave till like 10 in the morning. Uh -oh. Something like, like like that. So by the time you get there, it's late. And their party that they have scheduled goes from midnight till 5 a.m. By the way, the rally starts again the next day at 8. <laughs> so from the time the party is scheduled yeah. to end until the time you're supposed to go on a 900-mile road trip, it's three hours. So a lot of people didn't go. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a little bit uh, tight, I think. <laughs> right. But uh, I, I met some incredible, incredible people. Um, tons of fun stories, tickets. Oh, man. There's one guy who's apparently arrested three times the first day. <laughs> the Miami to Atlanta trip, you got arrested three days. Most, most, most of these guys carry cash, so if they get a speeding ticket when they get to the police station, because um, a lot of these people, they have to go to the police station because they don't have an American driver's, driver's license. So you get pulled over. You follow them to the police station. You fill out all the paperwork. Make sure you're a verified driver. This is an actual license and all that stuff. And then you have a ticket. But because you're already there, you can just pay it. 
So they carry cash on them. They drive to the police station. They do all the paperwork. They get their ticket. They're like, okay, what do I owe? And then they just pay off the ticket so they don't have to worry about it later. You can do the same thing, apparently, when you're arrested. They arrest you. They haul your car in. They throw you in jail. They shut the door. And then you go, well, okay, how much do I owe you for my ticket? What is my bail? And what does it cost to get my car to impound? <laughs> throw them the money because you have it with you. Get back in your car and you go. Drive five miles down the road, get arrested again, rinse, wash, repeat, right? <laughs> Basically. Now, and they they stress this over and over and over and over. And the guys who have done this multiple years are better for it. Um, they're like, this this isn't a race. It's just a giant road trip with friends. Don't do anything stupid. Don't get anybody killed. It's not who gets there first. Nothing like that, which is one of the reasons they don't let us all go at once. They space us out like five minutes at a time. So when there's 120 cars, like the time difference between the time the first guy leaves to the last guy leaves is like an hour and a half, right? So like they they do that on purpose to try and discourage this idea that it's a race. But uh, some of these guys still want to go get there quickly, and yeah, that's what what happens is you go, well, I got arrested, so now I got to make up some time. So <laughs> you just hammer down, and then you get arrested again. Oh my um, God! The uh, British, the British guys. Uh, I was talking to. Uh, I don't know what car they were in, but I met them at breakfast on Saturday morning. Got a twenty-eight hundred dollar ticket in. Holy crap! Oh my God! Yeah. What were they so, doing? Uh, well, like, they were only doing eighty-five. In a what school? Seventy. Zone? <laughs> 70. No, they were on the interstate. It was eighty-five and a seventy. But um, what got them was there was somebody in a Ferrari bolting up behind them. And he came flying past them just as they got to the cop. Uh, and they clocked the Ferrari doing about 105. Uh, now, what they pulled, they pulled them both over, and they cited them both for speeds over 100, cited them both for reckless endangerment, and because they're both wearing gumball stickers and one car came flying past the other one, they cited them both for street racing. On top of just a standard speeding ticket. So they got like four tickets. They take them all in because, again, none of them have driver's licenses that, that are American drivers. Driver's license are all UK and Scandinavia and wherever these guys are from. So they take them all in. And, yeah, after all was said and done, it was like a $2,800 ticket or something. Like That's that. rough. But, I mean, I guess for some of these people, it's, you know, it's pocket change. You know, here's a 20. Right. I'm, get my car out of, out of uh, impound. Let's just go, you know. Right. I mean, it's, but uh, the two guys were really upset about it, and they were like, uh, we're thinking about contesting it. Because we weren't driving that fast. We weren't racing. And they even told them, like, this isn't a race. And the police officers were like, no, we've checked the Facebooks and the Twitters there, and it says this is a race. Have you, haven't, haven't you seen that YouTubes? This is a race. <laughs> like, it's not a race. It's a bunch of people just driving from one place to another. That's not what the internet says. Internet's always right. Right. Nothing is ever a lie on the internet. No. No. <laughs> it's all nothing but truths. Right. So it was kind of a big mess. But like, I heard there's some interesting stuff over in the European side, though. Didn't exhibit or something? A whole bunch of interesting license? stuff has been happening over there. <laughs> um, so Dead Mouse, who was there with the Mythbusters guy in a baby blue Ferrari 458 Roadster with the Nyan Cat rainbow pop tart cat down the down the side, his license plate says Ferrari. Um, he got kicked <laughs> yeah. out of France. <laughs> Like, pulled over doing stupid speeds, and they escorted him out of the freaking country. Wow. <laughs> and then Exhibit, I guess, was in Spain, and uh, he got pulled over, and he got a 30-day suspension on his license. But and then the cops took a selfie with him. Don't forget about that. Right. Well, because... Oh, how lame is that? Come on. <laughs> right. 
But uh, the, no, the funny thing is, this is not the first time Exhibit has lost his license on this journey. Oh, no. He drove in the gumball, and I think it was 2007 or 2008, and he lost his license then also. <laughs> So, but speaking of which, one of the nicest human beings in the world I have ever met is Exhibit. Like, seriously, that guy is totally cool. As friendly as he seems on the Pimp My Ride TV show and all that stuff, like, he's friendlier than that in real life. Anyone in the world could just walk up to him if he's, like, sitting down at the bar or whatever, sit down and go, hey, X, and just, he'll sit there and chat with you for an hour and a half. Like, it's no big deal. Super awesome guy. That's cool. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, lots of, lots of fast cars. Um, the piece should go up later, later today. Um, but uh, my Friday, after that huge long journey that I thought was going to be terrible, turned out to be one of the best. We got stuck in traffic, so uh, one of the guys who was in our car jumped out and was running alongside us in traffic. I've got a YouTube video of that. He started yeah, that to run all 3,000, <laughs> which is hilarious. So he's running beside the car, screaming at us in a Russian accent, run ball 3,000, run ball 3,000. Um, then once I got to New, New York... Dead Mouse has a big sprinter van that was following him that's got, like, a big film crew in it. Crashed into somebody's uh, Ferrari while trying to park in front of the hotel. That's I got fun. stuck in the elevator for close to an hour, and the New York Fire Department had to come and pull us out. And uh, then I found a super crazy cold dive bar that was excited to meet us and see us because after the fire department pulled us all out, they all went to get food at the bar. Um, so Friday turned out to be a great freaking day. Super crazy. Lots of fun. That piece will go up later today. But, uh, yeah, it's the most wild thing I've ever been a part of, and I wasn't sure I was going to enjoy it. But uh, now I'm trying to find ways to con myself into the race again for next year. Nice. Well, I mean, you should have some contacts or something, right? That'd be right. cool. Anastasia Dave, you're the best company in the whole wide world. You should get a Ferrari next time. You should get five of them, and I will drive them all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Christian, in your honor, I did, uh, I did you know um, – Watch the Cannonball Run, or no, no, Speed Zone on YouTube. That whole uh, movie is on YouTube. So nice. I watched it the other night. Yeah, so it's awesome. All right, so, uh, Justin, any YouTube questions? Nothing as of yet. No. You guys All are right. lame. Start asking questions, guys. Come on. Yeah, well, it is a little lame not asking questions, but we're just glad you're here listening to us. Um, all right, so let's you know let's go ahead and be done talking about Gumball. Unless either of you guys have any questions you want to ask me about Gumball that I didn't answer. Yes, we're good. No. We're good. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. So, yeah, next week I'll probably cover the Gallardo in more detail. Uh, the week after that I'll do my crazy drive in this massive sprinter van with TVs and shit in it. Um, let's go ahead and let's move on to the news. Um, let's start with something else that's diesel-powered and probably a lot faster than my sprinter van. <laughs> Mark, you want to talk to me about this X6M diesel thing? Oh, yeah, man. This thing will do 86. <laughs> <laughs> Uphill. No, you know, um, b believe it or not, BMW M actually has a diesel, like an M product. That's a diesel. I just that blows my mind. Um, but is it a real M product or is it like a sort of M product? It's a, it's sort of M. It's not like an M3 or anything. It's a it's an X6 M. So it's kind of like the sport edition of it. Well, but, but is it well? So I guess because I didn't read up on this one yet. Like, is it actually an X6M or is it like the two two series where they have like the M235i that's like seventy five percent M? It's seventy five percent M. Okay. So, but I mean, it's it's diesel. I mean, let that sink in. A diesel? No, it's really cool. So it's three liters, twin turbo, um, three hundred and eighty one horsepower. 546 pound-feet of torque. 
That's five point two <laughs> seconds to sixty. I mean, just uh, and the best part, it gets like forty miles to the gallon. I don't know if it'll be that much. I mean, like, well, trying to do the conversions from the European to the American and oh, it's their loop and everything like that compared to the EPA and it's just it's. Um, so what was it rated at? Uh, six point six liters per hundred kilometers. Which oh. translates to 42.8 mpg IMG or IMP. Um, I'm yeah, sure we no. all know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it gets decent mileage. We'll just leave it at that. But anyway, so yeah, I mean, I, well, I would say you could probably get 38 or 30, 39 out of that pretty, pretty easily. Probably something like 15 when you're flying, you know. Yeah. But um, I mean, okay, so yeah, so it's brand new for 2015. Well, it kind of refreshed. Um, kind of goes along the lines with the X5 and how that got refreshed. It's got the better front end, uh, some nicer interior bits. I really dig the, uh, the steering wheel on that. It's it's really interesting. Um, basically, it's it's a, it's a very neat car um, if you can get past the way it looks because it's an X6. My my drink is empty. Did you hear anything I said? <laughs> I I yes. Depression. depression. It was so busy having to drink. Violence. You were fine. <laughs> yeah, you had no, to drink um, like this, tapping it. I don't know if you noticed that. I heard, and I was trying. Leave to... me alone. I was waiting for the break out a knife. I was waiting for the break out a knife. Cut the can and start licking the bottom of the can. <sighs> I'm, not, I'm not that desperate. There's a store that sells these just a few miles down the road. Well, no. So like, the X6 has always been super weird to me. Like, yes. It was like someone said, "You know what we really need to do? We need to take." like a hatchback, off-road SUV sort of thing, make it less practical, more expensive, and make it drink even more fuel. Yes. Oh, shit, we did that backwards. <laughs> well, you know those, uh, you know the rollover crash test from the IHS where they have that big uh, uh, ram that comes down and crushes the, yes. the roof of the car? It's like they turn the X5 sideways or like backwards and then let that crush the back of the car so it's like an X5 crushed in. So it's like Godzilla right. like so put his foot on but, it. But that's know? exactly it's like it's it's an X5, but it's uh, slightly heavier. Yeah. So it performs worse and gets worse mileage. Yep. Um, it's far far less practical. Yeah. And uh, it's more expensive. It will only so hold like, ten golf club bags. Yeah, I mean it's no like have you ever sat in the satin one? Yeah, I've I've been around one uh, extensively, and I mean, yeah, they are pretty small. They are like even like small. the second row, like that headroom. Like, I, I I'm not a very big guy. Yeah, you gotta you gotta kind of duck. Like, hey there, what's 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 going on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this is one of those like mine is bigger than yours. Like, look at me, I'm driving a BMW, but it's not a three or five series, and yeah. I don't have a mundane soccer mom X5. I've got the X6. It's so much cooler. That's right. you know, well, that's and that's exactly why they sell so well. But it just it just boggles my mind. But I I do love the idea that they're taking something that's this big and like the X6M, the actual X6M that's petrol powered, is an insane performance machine for. Oh yeah, things. yeah. Like being able to have all that grunt and torque that comes with a diesel engine, like it. You said the zero to sixty time is what like five point six seconds or something. Five point two. Five point two. Okay, so for a car that weighs like two tons. That'll do that. It's impressive, and because it's a diesel, it'll probably do 5.2 seconds towing another X6. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. The thing. I feel like the X6M, the gasoline-powered, you know, that's just over the top. 
I mean, who really needs that much of um, of an engine inside an SUV that isn't going to corner as well as a 3 Series or an M3? But the diesel kind of gives you the best of the both worlds, good gas mileage, good towing if you wanted to, um, and 5 seconds to – well, it's 5.2 to 62 MPG, MPH. So, you know, and that's, that's not really not bad. So I mean, it's it's a good all around car. I just thought it was very it's very interesting for BMW to bring something like that to the market. Uh, well, unfortunately, well, not to not our to market. market. <laughs> Europeans were jealous of you because you get stuff like this. I guess like it, it makes sense to put it on their kind of more more expensive model. But all I can think about is how good the X5 could actually be with that engine. Because then you get the slightly smaller price, the slightly lower weight, way more space and practicality in it, but you still get all that grunt and towing power. Like Now, I'm going to sound really ignorant. I believe the X5 does come with that diesel engine in it, doesn't it? Does the, it? The 3-liter three, three twin turbo? I believe it does. I'm you know, like with the one that's in that M version X6. Because yes, I believe you I can doubt get the it. five. Well, yeah, you, like that's what I'm saying. Is you, if you can get the five with the diesel, but it's not like the yeah, slightly okay. nicer, higher tuned one. Yeah, I mean, that, that this exactly. was almost you know 380 horsepower and 546 pound feet of torque. I mean, that's yeah, that's I don't think that's the same diesel, or at least the same tuning on the same diesel that's in the X5. But I mean, you're right. That would be really cool to have that X5 M50D come available. Yeah. All right, uh, we're gonna go and we're gonna move on uh, because we've spent a lot of time on that. Um, let's do. Hey, Justin, you've got a couple of things that you could talk about this week. Why don't you pick your favorite thing you want to talk about and let us let us hear it? Did I really confuse you that much with all my topic changing? A little bit. <laughs> well, and so like, Justin, Justin had had five topics. <laughs> yeah, well, but you did have a lot of cool stuff. Like this, this last week's actually been a pretty solid news news week. So there's a lot of things we can cover. So um, I'm just gonna let you pick. Well, the, I'm a nice guy. Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. Hey now, hey now, hey now. <laughs> I'm sorry. <clears throat> anyway, uh, the the one I really <laughs> anyway the uh, topic I guess I'll talk about um, is Tracy Morgan. Um, gotten a, a a pretty bad fender bender. Uh, apparently, they were on the New Jersey Turnpike, uh, stuck in traffic in a massive Mercedes Sprinter luxury van. Uh, he was on tour on the way back from a, a show or something like that. And they're stopped in traffic, and a Walmart trucker who had been on the road for 24 hours straight. Oh, my God, that's so stupid. Yeah, uh, rear-ended him. Uh, he, I guess, woke up just in time to see him, tried to swerve, and ran the back end of the truck. Uh, I'm sorry, the van. <clears throat> it killed one person, who's Tracy Morgan's friend um, and comedian, Jimmy Mack. Um uh, Tracy Morgan, thus far, from what I know, I haven't seen any updates yet today, is still in critical condition, but he is uh, slowly recovering. I don't think they expect him – they expect him to live is my understanding, uh, but there are some pretty nasty rumors flying around about possible leg amputation and things like that. Um, right. but, yeah, there's no no uh, substance to those rumors, but there are rumors that, it, that he might have to have, have at least one leg amputated. Right. I thought it was, yeah, like critical but promising or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they they seem to be. He seems like he's gonna recover. He's responding now, but yeah, still critical, unfortunately. I mean, uh, I just every time. And now, granted, I know that there are thousands of crashes every week, and they're all terrible. But it's like, I sort of like when a big profile one happens because it helps to kind of remind us that 
you know, we need to be a little bit careful out there and don't do stupid stuff. Like, I was on the Jersey Turnpike in a sprinter like 12 hours after that exact accident happened. I mean, mm -hmm. like, I could be in that same position. All of us could be in that same position. Um, you know, if you're out there and you're driving big, big rigs, like, seriously, guys, be freaking careful. There's been thousands of tests done. Driving tired is just as bad as driving drunk. Don't be stupid. Don't kill yourself. Don't kill anybody else. Pull the freak over. You know, there's been times, like, I make big road trips all the time. If I get tired, pull into a freaking gas station, drop the yeah. seat, sleep for an hour and a half. Like, that's all you have to do. Yeah. You getting there that one hour earlier is not freaking worth it. No, well, one of the, one problem that this really brings to light is the fact that these truck drivers are practically forced to run these hours, although it's technically, quote-unquote, illegal. Illegal, yeah. Um, they're still forced. And Walmart, of course, saying, oh, well, we don't know the, the background, but I will guarantee you once they – not guarantee, but I will say for some certainty, once the investigation's done, they're going to find out that he had gotten pressured by Walmart to get his shipment there on time, and he pushed yep. the hours. Yep. Um, and it's a sad event uh, to happen to cause to, to, to bring it to light, but at least it may come to light and maybe uh, Walmart will get some repercussions for it. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, like that is a very big issue. Like, so I'm in an area where like trucking is huge here in the South. And yeah, like that happens all the time. If you get stuck in traffic somewhere for a, a while, you're suddenly facing a deadline hard. And so you go a little bit faster to try and push it. You drive a little bit longer, even though you're not supposed to. You fudge your logs to say that you weren't on the road longer than you were supposed to. And, and it just causes some serious issues. Yeah, um, what's even worse is when they offer bonuses and so forth for hitting times. That just pushes it even further. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we're all wishing Tracy Morgan and everyone else involved the uh, best of luck on the recoveries, condolences to Mr. Mack and everything that happened to him and his family. Um, Keep a smart head on your shoulders, guys. Um, let's Don't move on text. to something. Yeah, let's let's move on to something a, a little more fun. Um, yeah. Mr. Mr. Mark, you finally, because <laughs> I know you've been working on this for a while, got a supercar, American supercar piece done. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your fetish with American muscle? America. America. I knew it was coming. Just, I was waiting for it. Just let that sound. America. Yeah. Well, I mean, 4th of July is coming here, guys. Come on. Um, show a little patriotism. Well, yeah, so I, I got this handed on my desk, and it was like, you know, do do a comparison piece between the Viper, the Vet, and the Z28. And I sat back in my chair, and I thought about it for a minute. I'm like, hmm, how am I going to compare these cars? Why am I comparing these cars? Who you should buy go them? steal them so you can say you've driven them. That's right. Well, um... Well, I could drive a Z01, but not the Z28. But right, uh, I know, because I know a guy. I know guys. I know people. You got peeps. I got peeps. Oh, by the way, we we helped sell a Z01 the other day. I'll explain that later. But, okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty sweet. So yeah, so I've got these three cars that I've got to compare, and I'm like, you know, okay, what? Who would buy them for what? Why? And like. Is it going to be like a weekend track toy? Is it going to be like their everyday driver type thing? So I went through the whole article. Basically, explains like the points about each car. You know, obviously engine, exterior, interior, things like that. But basically, my conclusion was, you know, why why would you buy them? And uh, my third place winner came in as the Viper. And the reason it came in third was because, yeah, it is a really really cool car. I mean, you know. The V10, 
ungodly amounts of horsepower, massive rear tires. This thing is a track beast, but it's super tight. There's almost no sound deadening. The cabin gets blazing hot after a couple laps from the the side pipes right under the seats. Um, it's it's just brash and it is not a very good driver car as far as comfort or enjoyment if you're not into the whole visceral thing. So that's why it came in third. Second place, the Camaro Z28. And my reasoning for that was basically the same thing as a Viper. It's more of a track duty kind of car as far as it has a base stripped out interior. Air conditioning is a thousand dollar option. <laughs> it has the, the best. <laughs> I mean like I they took think, lessons from Porsche. I don't even think <laughs> I, don't, I don't think the Jeep Wrangler still offers air conditioning as an option. I think that's now standard equipment on a Wrangler. So I mean, like, come on. But anyway, like, uh, it's got the the lesser powerful engine in it than the Z01. But I mean, it's 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 very very focused. So you get all the great track things about it, but. It's got two extra seats, so you can haul the family around. So I mean, it's seats. that's pretty cool, right? So I mean, that and a trunk, and a trunk. It uh, does so have I a mean, trunk. A you know, solid, that, a solidly sized trunk. Yeah. So I mean, that the seat, the trunk, and the fact that you know it's a decent car, it that really helped it as far as you know why I chose it for second. I mean, none of these cars are losers. Obviously, first place went to the Vet Z01 or the the Z51. Because it's just it's so well built. It, there's padding. The interior is nice. It doesn't get hot. It rides well. But click it. The magnetic ride uh, suspension over into sport mode. The dual exhaust. You know the flaps open up. The thing just bellows. It's it's a beast of a car when you want it to be. But when you don't want it to be, it's it's a nice cruiser. You can take the the top off, or if you've got the convertible, you can drop the top. I mean, you know. Heck you yeah, know what it's I think both really helps that car like win this test? Why is that? It's the cheapest one. Ah, yes. And that, that definitely is. It I, would, and, it, and it could be an argument between it and the Viper for fastest around tracks, depending on what racetrack you're at. But for the most part, it's the fastest of the three. Yeah. And it's well, the cheapest. Here's the thing. like The Viper, okay, I had to put zero options on it. And hope for some dealer rebates. Like I actually called dealers and was like, what are you guys selling Vipers for? And all of them that I talked to said, we don't even order the base Viper. No one wants them. No. But well, any- if you're going to spend that much on a car, no, you don't want the base model. No. So so anyway, nothing on that car. With the Z, uh, Z28, I did get the, the uh, $1,100 AC and radio option. But on the Chevy Vet... I literally ordered just about everything you could get. So Check the top every price package, <laughs> everything, and it came to like eighty-eight thousand dollars, which was well under the Viper's base price. So it's like, what do you want to drive, really? I mean, like, do you want to be comfortable or do you want to be seen? Are well, that, and like eighty-eight you know, grand is actually, I think, kind of expensive for that car if you pick your options smart and you just get some of the really good performance stuff and leave some of the extra silly stuff out. Like you yeah. can get that car for like seventy seven. Yeah, I mean like all the go faster goodies. If you get the, the base L T with the Z fifty one package without all the extra interior bits, you know, navigation and whatnot, it's a really it's an inexpensive car for what it is. So I mean that's it's less than the you know, base of the Z L one. 
Yeah, of the, the Z28 Z, Z if you schedule it right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, heck, heck yeah. So, no complaints there, but not all these cars are winners. Basically, it just comes down to what do you want for a car. Do you want something to sit in the garage and look really, really good when you go cruising on Friday night, or do you want something that you're going to have to use every day that, you know, you throw the kids in the back seat every now and then, or do you want something that you and your girl can just drive around in comfort to the track, and then when you get to the track, you can dominate. It's basically, you know, what comes down to, you know, what you're using it for. So, and also the the public has kind of spoken on this issue too. I mean, it's 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 rather <laughs> obvious that the SRT Viper is by far third. Z28, yeah, it's not quite as coming. And the, the Z51, the Corvette, they can't keep it in in dealers. I mean, they were getting like a thousand dollars just to test drive them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these cars are so hot right now, and it's just it's amazing how well they have been received by the public and GM and I think it's just they've got a definite success on their hands and I think they're meaning they're, they're making fun. sandwiches out of money <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite getting your reference but okay well because they have so much money they can make sandwiches out of money oh okay yeah 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 they sit in their offices and they burn it and they think oh we should probably have this in the bill like that's going we're not going there we are not going there um, I you know what? I thought I thought the piece was really good. Um, well, I appreciate that. To be fair, I don't agree 100%. Um, I, know, I would you know. I would take. I mean, and it's again, it comes down to the kind of person you you are and what you're really looking for. Um, I would take a Viper. Like if I had the money and it wasn't an issue, I would take the Viper over the Camaro. I just I would because it's the Viper and it's big and it's loud and it's pompous and it's exciting and like I love all that. Yeah. The Camaro like. As cool and as great a performer as it is, I'm still in a Camaro. I'm still in a car that I paid $70,000 for that some guy down the road can pay $22,000 for, and the guy and my other neighbor may not be able to tell that big of a difference between them. Touche. I yeah, would that, know. That you is, would know. Is, nobody else would know. That is one of the bigger things. But for some people... They that like is a bonus. That. Right. They don't want that big, raucous, orange viper sitting in their driveway for all their neighbors to be like, oh, look at him, Mr. Rich Man. I you know, they, lime, they... lime, lime vomit green. <laughs> <laughs> Kermit, the, Kermit the Frog had a, had a vomit. So. I love oh, it. And speaking of, oh, and speaking yeah. of that, Kermit the Frog, uh, we just had a really nice uh, Kermit the Frog LaFerrari piece roll through my desk, so we'll have that soon. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but uh, no, on the uh, on the ZL1, uh, if you remember last week, we published a story about GM issuing a uh, voluntary recall for the supercharger on top of the ZL1 for the 2010 to the 2013 model. Well, I happen to know a guy who has the 2013. He saw that piece, and he goes, hmm, kind of been wanting a 14 anyway. That seals the deal. The next day, he went to the dealer and swapped it for a 14. So, GM... Can think yeah, can... did you hear that, guys? We are selling your cars for you. That's so, right. Um, I think I think we all three of us deserve long-term Corvettes. Yeah, I would say that's a safe uh, safe trade-off. Yeah, yeah. you do that. Also, we need to make like a company picnic and go to the Corvette plant. Yes, we should. Big company picnic, and all of you guys are welcome to come too, because it probably won't happen. And I'm sorry. And if we disagree with you, we're going to throw you in the pit. Yes, I will throw you in the sinkhole. <laughs> All right, uh, you know what? Let's 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 stick for some more Corvette news real real quick. Um, we are running a little short on time, but it'll be fine. Um, we uh, one of our fellow buddies uh, posted a piece on our site about how 
Chevrolet has just trademarked the uh, Zora name to use potentially on a car. If you guys don't know what Zora is, uh, Zora Arkus Duntov is basically the man who created the Corvette as we know it today. He pushed for V8s and Corvettes. He pushed for the Corvette to go racing. He pushed for lighter weight, faster cars. He created the Corvette that dominates the world that we know today. And so he's kind of like my own little personal hero. Um, so when I heard this news, my mind just started going nuts. I'm like, what could this actually mean? And so I wrote a lot of words about it. Uh, I think I did up like a thousand word piece on, on what this actually means. Um, so the first thing that I thought, and it's probably the more common, is uh, so Zora created the Grand Sport Corvette. And Grand Sport's been used a couple of times over the years. There was one um, last couple of years of the C6 Corvette. They had a Grand Sport option package you could get that was... You know, the 7-liter LS7 V8 uh, wide body kit from the Z06, but it was like you can get it in a convertible, stuff like that. Um, it was just sort of an extra option package. And to be fair, that could be what this is. They could be making a new Grand, Grand Sport car. Um, you know, they may make, let's say, 500 that come in a really special color scheme or have one or two special options that are going to be Zora cars, um, which would be cool, would be kind of not cool. I'm not sure how I feel about it. But... um. What if they did something awesome and crazy with this? Like, what if they took and made racing special cars? So, like, you know, Ferrari sells GT3 cars that you can just buy as any human being and then go to any racetrack, and they're fully race spec, and you could race them. Uh, Porsche does the same thing with the GT3s. Like, you could buy the GT3, I believe it's just the GT3R, whatever, and you could just take it, or the RSR, that's what it is, the GT3 RS, RSR, that's like a race car that you could buy from Porsche. It's not road legal. And you take it to a racetrack and you race it. What if they made a Corvette like that? So based on the C7R, but a customer version of a C7R that you could just buy and take to racetracks and dominate races with. Like, how insane would that be? That would be pretty awesome. But I would really hope that they would make it road legal just because, you know, we all want that. Right, but then you've... I mean, the Z06 is really close, and it's road road legal. I mean, like, that's kind of what I want to see, because, again, the original Grand Sport idea was to only be a racing car. Like, that's what the Grand Sport program was, was a race car program, where GM would be entering, like, GT-style races. Like, the same racing that the Corvette racing team does now, but it was for private owners. They could buy it and race in these races. Um, and, I mean, the biggest person in that market right now is Porsche. And I would love to see the Corvette, like, chase in on that market. Yeah. Um, so that would be cool. And then there is also the idea that has been around basically since Zora started working on the Corvette of a mid-engined Corvette. Yeah. Um, they've been working on that technology for a long time, and it always falls through because the Corvette is such a big storied name. If they made a mid-engined Corvette, there would be revolting. Like there would be riots in the streets. The towers at GM headquarters would be burned to the ground by the masses of people that don't want to see this. So I wonder if this is a sidestep from GM where they'd be like, oh, it's a Corvette Zora or even just call it the Chevrolet Zora because he chased his idea. He, he didn't care. Like, I don't care about pedigree. I don't care about history. I don't care about any of that. I want to go faster. I want the car with my name on it or the car that I'm working on to be the fastest thing on the road, period. Yeah. And so he chased a lot of mid-engine concepts because it's just pretty much a pretty solid fact. Like having the balance that comes with a mid-engine car makes you faster. That's why Ferrari does it. That's why Lamborghini does it. That's why 
you know, Le Mans is this weekend. Almost all of the cars that are going to be winning this race, all of the LMP cars, like those are all mid-engine cars because that's just faster. So it would give Chevy a chance, GM a chance, to create a mid-engine car without spoiling the Corvette name but still leaning on the power that the Corvette name has yeah. by attaching the Zora to it. And, and like, think about it. So everyone, they've said there's no ZR1. The new Z06 has 650 horsepower. It is more powerful than the old ZR1, right? So where can they go from here? Once they push that car any any faster, there is no... This is a cheap car that's as fast as a Ferrari, which is kind of what the GTR is. I mean, you're staring at this is a Ferrari competitor, period. You're looking at 750 horsepower. You're looking at, like, Ferrari F12 numbers. Like... That's the kind of stuff that GM is staring in the face if they push the Corvette farther. And I, as good as that chassis and that platform is, I don't know if it has the abilities to handle competition like that. But if suddenly you're making a mid-engine Corvette with a bumped-up supercharged V8, maybe do 825 horsepower, or you know, you don't just 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 do the 750, put 100 more horsepower over the Z06 engine, and now you've got a car that could kind of compete with. Gallardo's, well, now the Huracan, and maybe even the Aventador and the 458, like, actually compete with those cars. Well, that'd be pretty sweet. I mean, I'd, it could I'd like be... to see them. They'd still need to do an all-wheel drive option, too. Well, not option, but, you know, make it all-wheel drive. See, In order to compete, I, I think. I don't I don't know if they do, because the 458 is not all-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot, of the Lam- uh, a lot of the Lamborghinis are. and I think All of really, the Lambos are all-wheel drive, yes. It's, it's, it makes but, them a better handler, I think. I mean... Well, not necessarily a better hand. It gives them higher levels of grip. Yeah. So and in corners, can... that's a good thing. Right, but I don't know if I'd necessarily say it handles better. You know, there's a reason that all the race car Porsches are still all rear-wheel drive, and that all of the LMP, or almost all of the LM, LMP2 uh, proto- prototype cars that are racing in Le Mans are rear-wheel drive, not all-wheel drive. And again, Ferrari is sticking to rear-wheel drive. So there, there is a bit to it, and... I don't know if GM has the technology right now to really push a high-performance all-wheel drive system like that, but still, just imagine a Chevy badge on a swoopy mid-engined car that would challenge a Ferrari 458. Like, my mind is just running wild with all these... <laughs> well, here's here's the fourth option that you didn't kind of touch on, um, and what I probably think is likely the the, the, the issue going on here. Chevy, first of all, wants to trademark the Zora name as a cover-your-ass kind of thing. We want the name. Yeah, sure, I know the patent office says, well, you have to show intent to use. Well, they can show intent to use by saying, yeah, we're going to put it on a toothbrush or whatever. Um, <laughs> well, it has to be a car of some sort. Well, yeah, it has to be car-based. So, yeah, we're going to put on some memorabilia. But, Matchbox um, cars. Yeah. But also, the other uh, potential here is a feeler for GM. Maybe they're thinking about what you're talking about, some kind of something that's really going to challenge Ferrari and Lamborghini. Maybe they want to put a concept out there named Zora just to draw attention um, and maybe never actually use the name on a production car. They just want to f- get a feeler out there, see what people think of it, and then possibly build it later on down the road. That's what I'm thinking this is more going to be. Is there so just a feeler out there? One more mid-engine Corvette concept like the 14 other mid-engine Corvette concepts there have, there have been and never been built? Unfortunately, that is what I suspect will happen because I, I just can't see GM has protected the Corvette. For so long. I mean, well, for... And, and again, they have to, though, and that's yeah. what I think makes this 
Like, anytime anyone's like, the next Corvette is going to be mid, mid-engined, mid I just want to slap them across the face and say, you're an idiot. It is literally never going to happen. Mm-hmm. 61 years now? 60, yeah, 61 or 60, 62, because 1953. So, yeah, 61 and a half-ish years of Corvette history. Except for, what, the first year and I think the second year, it was a six-cylinder. Otherwise, it has been V8 in the front, rear-wheel drive, the end. That is all the Corvette has ever been. And they've gotten to the point now where it's been that way for so long, they just can't change it. Yeah. So if they want to, I think this is their, oh, we have a loophole. We have found the loophole. We'll call it the Zora, which still has Corvette pedigree behind it, and they could even call it the Zora Corvette or the Corvette Zora or whatever they want to. They can, they can call it the CZ1 for Corvette Zora 1, whatever they want to. It gives them an out. They can still weigh on the power of the Corvette name without spoiling the Corvette for everyone else. It's like, don't you change that Corvette? <laughs> but again, here's here's the other problem, though. By by protecting Corvette, I don't mean just the layout of the Corvette. I mean they have literally protected the Corvette. Literally, like like the number four hitter in a baseball lineup. It's like, okay, the number three guy's good, but he's a better hitter than the power. The number five guy has some power, but he can't really he doesn't have hit for contact. Put that number four guy in there, you can't pitch around him. Right. That's kind of what they're doing. They they're they're sandbagging the stuff going above it. Like the Z28 is not going to be the Corvette. The Z01 not going to be the new Corvette. It's and they protect it like that. And I just can't see them actually releasing a car without the Corvette badge that is above the Corvette. That's why I think this is going to be a concept to see what people think. See if Corvette enthusiasts go, oh hell no, we are not having that. They want to see what they're going to say. I don't well, know. You know, I think I think if they're shooting for that supercar category and saying like, yeah, our vet is really good, and nothing else matches it, <laughs> except for our vet Zora. You know, like the next level up. And if it competes with the Ferraris and Lamborghinis, then yeah, I wouldn't think that it would be diminishing the the basic Corvette C7. Right. All and that I much. Think- I think right now is the perfect time to do this, too. Like, GM is on a major roll. Not only do we finally have another V8-powered rear-wheel drive super sedan in the Chevy SS, but we've got the ZL1. We have the Z28. You know, both those cars are doing incredibly well, as we, as, as we, we talked about. Yeah. We have the new Z06, which is insane. We have the new Corvette, which is just piling on the orders. GM has all this money from all these enthusiasts and all these enthusiast cars, and, like, they've they're rebuilding their credit as being a great enthusiast brand. Yeah. If they really want to have the ability to try and come out with a car like this that will actually sell, that will actually grab attention, like it needs to be now. If GM of 10 years ago was like, look, we made a rear-engine a rear supercar, everyone would just laugh. Like, no, the cars you're making are utter shit. This is going to be utter garbage and nobody cares. But right now they've got the momentum that I think they can make it happen. I hope so, but I mean, I wonder. I wonder if this is gonna, this like, is, you know, is it a coincidence? Maybe, you know, they got to get past all this ignition crap too. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Meh. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, we should probably jump to the questions. Yes. Yeah. All right. Questions and answers. Uh, we've got two this week. Uh, oh, sorry. No, we have we have one this week. Next one is an own drive drive barn. Um. From Holty27, if you guys don't know who that is, he is the wonderful man who was chatting with us last week on the YouTube. So, or man or, or lady, I don't know. Um, thank you for chatting with us last week on the YouTube comments for our last live show. I appreciate it. And now we will answer your questions to say thank you. Um, he says, here's a question for us. What is the scariest potential near-death experience we've ever had while driving? 
He says, I mean, I've had my share of idiots jumping in front of me from the opposite lane. Um, we'll let you two go first. Um, I guess I'll do mine first. I had one the other day, but it's just an idiot that jumped in my lane. But this one, a uh, different one happened several years back. I was driving my 1986 Thunder Turd um, <laughs> primer gray with that burgundy red velour interior. Yeah, I was classy, guys. Okay, Justin, try not to make jokes. When I'm drinking water, okay? I do that just for you. Oh, my gosh. I want to see that car is so bad. In my brain, you've got a mullet and a creepy 70s mustache. At that point, I didn't. What happened was I had to censure SCR. I threw a rod through the block. I had to buy something at 800 bucks, and this oh. thing had a big V8 and dual exhaust. and went, bruh, 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 bruh. Made me happy. <laughs> so I bought it. And it also had the cool 1980s digital dash. Don't forget oh, that. Oh, I love yeah. you so <laughs> But anyways, so I'm driving that. I'm coming back from, from the bar, and no, I'm not drunk. I had one beer. One beer, but I was exhausted. Um, driving down the road, uh, I go around this big, long curve coming off the interstate, and suddenly everything just goes black. I wake up. I'm going through a road sign, through a fence, and straight toward a big, massive tree. Um, I just happened to get my wits about me just in time to slam on the brakes and spun sideways about five or six times, or spun around five or six times, and just missed the tree by... Uh, maybe about that much. Mm. Um, I got my wits about me. I so spun around. I didn't hit my head, but I so spun around and disoriented. I had no idea where I was. I spent the next 30 minutes trying to drive around roads because my car still drove. That thing was a tank. I drove around for like 30 minutes trying to find out where I was Till finally I figured, okay, I'm here. Let me go this way. Woke up the next morning and looked at the car. The whole side, apparently I must have taken out a guardrail going around the loop. Ooh, the whole side was just crunched in. From then on, you had to get in from the driver's side. Uh, <laughs> it was it was an unfortunate situation, but it was a great way to end the life of that miserable, miserable ride. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Mark, wow. your turn. I, uh, well, yeah, yeah, my, my near-death experience, I guess, uh, comes pretty close. I actually was in a Corvette. Um, C3 in 1971. It was my dad's. He was driving, and we actually got loose in some gravel and uh, ended up sideways into a telephone pole. Um, I was in the pasture side. The pole hit about six inches past my back. Like took it took out the rear tire. Um, yeah. And you, if you know the rear tire in the C3s are very close to the door, um, and it was just like just right there. I mean, if it was just six inches more, I would have been into the pole. That was my near-death experience. It was pretty fun. I've been... Lucky is the only word I can think to explain my entire driving existence. I have only ever been involved in one actual crash, and I wasn't even driving, and that was nothing major. It was somebody in a big old truck, and I'm in a little car, and we're stopped in traffic. And he decided, because my wife hadn't pulled forward quick enough, he didn't realize there was somebody there, and he wanted to go into that lane. So he just cut it and gunned it right into the side. That's the only <laughs> crash I've ever been involved in. Um, so considering all the stupid shit I do in cars, um, I've been extremely lucky. But um, I did almost stuff the GTR, and that was my, my only real near-death near uh, near experience. That was the last time I had the GTR coming back from Miami. I had developed the flu before I went down. And uh, I'm on Florida Turnpike, and I spiked a fever, uh, like 103. I was just driving. I'm like, oh, you know what? I kind of don't feel very, ooh. And everything got really blurry. 
and my arms didn't quite work. I'm like, what is going on? Kind of shake my head and snap to as I hear some honking, and I have gone over a lane, and I am pointed at the wall. Wow. Um, yeah. So I'm like, all right, jerk it back, cut down some gears, slow down, pull all the way over to the other side, stop on the side of the road for a minute. When I rub my face, get my bearings, I can see an exit. I puddle down to the exit on the shoulder, get off, go to a Walgreens, rest for an hour, bought, bought some medicine, bought a thermometer, got things sorted out, and then I drove home. But yeah, that's the only thing I've really got that's like super close to being like, holy crap, you're going to die. Oh, I did. Like again, like when that horn went off, I'm like, "What is all that?" Oh God! <laughs> by the way, I'm trying uh, to sleep here. By the way, uh, who at T happens to be online too, and just happened to say hi? Just letting you guys know. Hi! <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> we think you're awesome. All right, uh, we're gonna finish up the show. We're running a little bit over time, but whatever. Uh, we've got own drive burn. Uh, this week is from Woody Derek again. Thank you. You send in lots of great suggestions, and we appreciate it. Um, he says, great episode as usual. Congrats. Thanks, you're awesome too. Um, he has our three cars for own drive burner, old muscle cars. We've got an old Pontiac GTO he calls 64 out, uh, old Charger RTs he calls a 68, and a 1970 Chevrolet Chevelle SS. Ooh. Mark will let you go first on this yes, one. Yes, sir. All right, well... It didn't take me long to figure this one out. Um, I, I love the GTO. It's great and all, but that's that's the one I'm going to have to burn. Uh, between the two, the, the Charger RT, the uh, the Chevelle SS, that one that one is hard. As much of a Chevy guy as I am, you know, this old muscle car, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I would drive that one once because there's nothing better than the 68 better. I, I like the 69 even better. The 69 Dodge Charger RT. Oh, just please. That's my favorite car of all time. So that's the one I would drive every day of the week I, if I could, and I would jump it on Fridays as I yelled and played my rebel horn. <laughs> nice. <laughs> these, are, these are the people I have to work with, guys. Like, I'm just a good old boy. You know, never mean no harm. Good old boy. <laughs> don't start, don't start, don't start. I will. Oh, it's a terrible <laughs> show. It's a terrible show. That is a great oh. show. Don't you ever say anything bad about the Duke <laughs> Justin, can we fire him yet? No, no, because I like the Dukes too, so I can't. Oh, can't. you people. Hey, I have a Dukes of Hazard shirt, so. <laughs> Maybe it just has to do with the fact that one out of every seven or so cars in East Tennessee, no matter what it is, is painted orange with a big number zero one on the side for the General Lee. Like, hey, there's an General Yeah, there's an old Chevy Suburban in my town that is literally orange with the the big O one on the side and it's got a six inch lift kit with mutters on it. And it's like Oh <laughs> that is just so a wonderful thing. All right, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go, go next. Uh, mine was pretty easy for this also. Um, I am going to set fire to the 1968 Dodge Charger RT with oh! a big smile on my face in the entirety of the world. I will laugh and I will laugh and I will laugh. And then when it's almost done being burned, I'm going to piss on it to put out the ashes and then set it on fire again. Despise that stupid car. Um, I would drive once the Pontiac GTO because the old goats are incredible and awesome, and they're 900 feet long, and the nose will raise every time you hit the gas, and they make tremendous noises, and I want to experience that. But um, I have some serious love for the old Chevelle SS. 
Um, that thing I would park in my driveway, drive it every single day, polish it when I got to where I'm going, stand outside of it for 15 minutes and stare at it while I'm late for work. Uh, I love the hell out of that car. Yeah, I mean, I agree, I agree. But the Charger RT is my personal favorite. But the Chevelle SS... Hey, I'm going to throw you in the Corvette Museum uh, sinkhole and laugh. I would love to be with those that I love. <laughs> Even the squished ones? Even the squished ones. <laughs> okay, I guess it's my turn to go through this gauntlet. Um, okay, well, I would want to, I guess, own the GOAT because... My dad has a Chevelle SS fully restored that I can drive anytime I want. So, but That's I do want. Yeah, yeah no, you can do that. His, 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 has an, his has an LS3 engine, so it's a little different. Ooh, resto mod. Um, <laughs> That's that's pretty cool. I think you need to do a um um a review on that one. The plans are oh, already Mark, in place. I think Mark, I think we need to do a review on it. That's right, Justin. You you just can't do that. Plans are already in place to do a do a review on that once he gets past the the mileage to break in the engine. Nice. Okay. Good. So, and then I want to uh, drive the Chevelle SS just because I want to drive a 70 Chevelle SS. My dad's a 66 and a 70 is the newer body style, and I think that would be the 396 if I'm not mistaken. I think you are correct. And that there is was just, also the 454 in that engine. There was, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's Chevy 454. Yummy. And the Dodge Charger RT, I just burn it because they're just... Uh, you Everybody suck at life. No, Have you never seen the bullet chase scene? Have you never watched Dodge, like... I yeah, mean, just, no, yeah, I have awesome. seen the bullet chase scene, and it had a really awesome Mustang in it and some piece of shit car following I it. I know. <sighs> <laughs> you guys suck at life. No, like, that's the only good movie it's been in. Vanishing Point wasn't a Charger. It was a Challenger, which Challenger. is why it's a better movie. I'll meet you at the bottom of the sinkhole, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going we'll to you both. With, with the Chevelle SS and the goat while he drives around his Charger RT and... I will jump over the sinkhole. But unfortunately, <laughs> you do not have like 55 backups in the studio that you can just swap out and the front end collapses. That's true. <laughs> they destroyed so many of those damn cars. Oh, it makes me so sad. And they had one, one good one that, that kind of just sat there. That was their still shot. It's the, yeah, it's the hero <laughs> car. Yep. All right. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that's been our show. We hope you've enjoyed us. Uh, again, we're doing it live. Live. Right. Live. Thank you, you guys for, for hanging out with us. Don't forget, uh, you can follow us on iTunes. You can subscribe there. You get all the audio as soon as it goes up. It'll probably be up late tonight, tomorrow morning, when the audio goes over to iTunes. So if you can't find time, maybe maybe you work, you can't make it to catch the live show on Thursdays, that's fine. Sub subscribe on your phone or whatever, and then suddenly, boom, ba doom. You should just be calling in sick to listen to us. You should be, because um, <laughs> we are that awesome. We are that awesome. <laughs> yeah. So um, you get the automatic. You know, it's on your phone. It'd be like, bing. Um. <laughs> sorry, I've got some other things going on that are utterly hilarious. Um, so we want to thank you guys for hanging out. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes if you want to. You can rate us, leave us a little comment down there. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Top Speed Podcast. We do the follow back thing. So if you want more followers, follow us. We'll follow you back. Um, you know, uh, you can also, if you want to get a hold of us, email uh, podcast at topspeed.com. Um, we might be giving, we might be having some giveaways soon, so uh, keep that email address handy because that's how we're gonna have you enter for the giveaway. Um, and yeah, I think that's about all. 
Um, I am. Oh, don't forget. Yeah, comments like you guys do because you love us and we love you and you always do the do the comments. But uh, I'm Christian Mo. You can find me directly at Twitter at Moford M O E F E R D. You can find Justin Coupler at the Car Junkie. You can find Mark McNabb. Doesn't really do Twitter. He does the Instagram thing at Mark McNabb. So you can follow him there. Um, and we want to thank you guys, and we love you, and we will see you next Thursday. We hope everyone has a super safe Friday, especially in light of everything we talked about today. Don't be stupid, guys. No text uh, and drive. I, yep. Don't God. Don't text and drive. We're not gonna. I'm oh, not. God. I don't want to yell today, so we're gonna yeah. stop that. Uh, so have a super safe Friday, super safe weekend. Everyone enjoy your work weeks, and we will see you next Thursday. So once our music plays, we'll be done, and uh, we hope everyone had a super duper wonderful time. Bye, guys. Maybe if my musical play. Maybe. <laughs> Sing us out, man. Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Yeah, we don't. So apparently our music's died. <laughs> Anyways, it's been awesome, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>